Good morning, good morning, Word of Truth Ministry. We just want to say good morning. God bless you for coming with us today. We know you could have gone and viewed anybody else, but you decided to go live with us today, and we truly appreciate it. We're going to always start in what I guess you could say is the tradition that we always do in the morning. We talk about our confession of faith and what we believe in. So we will always believe in the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. We do not compromise or change or add to the Word of God at all. We always come from the scripture, Revelations 22 and 19, that tells us, And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. We at the Word of Truth Ministry believe that the Word of Truth is the Bible. It builds faith, which empowers purpose. So do me a favor today, if you have a Bible or whatever you use to look up the Word or to study the Word, please hold it up with, the, uh, with me today and just repeat after me. This is our Bible. We believe every word from Genesis to Revelation. We live by it. We confess it. We trust it. We're led by it. And we stand on it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer before we start this message today. Father, we give you the honor and the glory. We thank you, Lord God, for your ever-present, Lord God, in all the situations and all the circumstances that we face today as a nation and as a world. Lord, we ask you that your covering and your blood cover each and every one of us, Lord God, and that you bring us all back into your remembrance, into your mind, into your heart, Lord God, that we may serve you, Lord God, with the fullness of joy, that we will serve you in purity, Lord God, and that we will give you the honor and glory that you deserve. Father, forgive us for the lack of uh, decency in some things that we do. Forgive us for the lack of hope. Forgive us for our attitude and our actions, Lord God. Cleanse us, Lord God, that we may walk into your presence. We give you the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's message is called, What Are You Afraid Of? Think about that. What are you afraid of? Uh, fear is a funny thing. I, I was thinking about this message and I started thinking about movies and how a lot of times we like to go to horror movies or we like movies that are suspenseful. And then when we watch a movie, like you could take a, a movie like Friday the 13th or you could take a movie like uh, some of the other movies that have come up and that we see that are considered uh, extremely scary. You watch those movies and there are different effects and you start to feel differently emotionally based on what's going on in the movie. For some strange reason, our mind can live vicariously through that movie and we start to become afraid even though we're not actually in the movie. Taking part in that. We can kind of visualize ourselves. We can see ourselves in that movie and then we start to react to it. Your heart starts to beat a little faster. Some people you'll see they actually cover their faces because they don't, they don't want to see the next scene because they think by covering their faces is going to stop it. Some of us have the audacity to start talking to the screen. Don't don't do it. Stay there. Run this way. All because of fear. Fear is a funny thing. So, you know, we talk about fear today and I know people have many fears and phobias of many different things. For example, people are afraid of dogs and snakes and spiders and flies and a lot of people are afraid of death, right? Because some it's just the fact that may, some people may have been bit by a dog as a child and therefore when they see a dog, it brings back that memory that that dog bit them and it can happen again. Same thing with snakes and flies and a lot of us are scared of death because we don't know the unknown or we have the fact that they don't believe this unknown. But the unknown is if you have salvation, if you understand who Jesus is, you know that death on earth is not death of life. Death on earth is just that. But you're live in Christ. So what exactly is this thing that we call fear? It says fear is the most constricted emotion contrast with other intense negative uh, states. Anger, anxiety, phobia. Fear incites withdrawal. Fear relates to an identically identical object or event. Anxiety is interpreted as a free-floating apprehension and probably 
probably incorporate other emotions with fear. So fear is always incorporated with other emotions. Normal fear addresses a realistic danger. Phobia is relatively persistent and is irrational fear. Now, fear ranges from uneasiness to horrible insecurities uh, with threats to one's physical and psychological self. Intense fear restricts perception, thinking, and motor processes. It says the frightening person simultaneously wants to investigate and escape from the threat. This conflict may cause one to freeze or panic. Fear has an effect on our lives. Today I ask you, what are you afraid of? See, 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So let me explain what that scripture is saying. See, the Holy Spirit does not produce timidity or cowardness. A spirit of cowardness would falter under the load of responsibility that Paul was talking and placing on Timothy when he was talking in Corinthians. Instead, the Holy Spirit produces power. A reference to a forcefulness of character that can use authority boldly. God gives us power to use the authority has an acting in us boldly. It allows us to speak boldly, walk boldly, talk boldly. It allows us to live our lives boldly before mankind and confessing that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit also produces a love that endures even the most cantankerous opposition and self-discipline that can use restraint and impose indulgence. See, this is love. This love is not so much a love that produces ministry as a love that conquers contempt and opposition by forgiveness and refusal to seek revenge. See, we love, so we don't have to seek revenge. When we love, we seek the face of God and we hope through seeking the face of God, we can draw those people that may have offended us to Christ. See, self-discipline refers to a wise head which produces wise guidance for the use of power and love. But what I want you to understand is not all fear is bad because when we start talking about fear, you also got to talk about reverence. Fear for the natural, fear for people that can do things to you, fear because of the unknown is one thing. But we should have fear and reverence for God, which is considered a good thing. See, the proper sense of awe, respect, and wonder that is inspired and demanded by an encounter with and a meditation upon the character and activities of our living God. Reverence leads people to obey God's law. If you were to look at Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. Ecclesiastes 12 and 13 should be on your screen. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. See the summary and conclusion of the whole work is now offered. That we fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole of humanity. To obey God is to be truly human. Listen, to obey God is to truly be human. Now he affirms that the whole of humanity consists not in his morality or mortality or ignorance, but in his dependence on God. As yet the conclusion is not surprising. It only flows naturally from all that has gone before but is the book's final look at Genesis chapter 2 and 3. Humanity sought to become like God and disobeying God, but instead they lost the one thing that made them truly human, the relationship with God. See, reverence can be reserved exclusively or should be reserved exclusively for God. Deuteronomy 6 and 13 says, 
Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shall swear upon his name. Hebrew orders us, the Hebrew order reads, The Lord your God shall you fear, and him shall you serve, and in his name shall you swear. The term fear, serve, and swear all relate to an oath of allegiance and loyalty and worship. See, reverence for God's name, Isaiah 59 and 19. It says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. See, at the time when the Lord brings forth his judgment on the wicked, he will also cause his glory to fill the entire earth and bring his salvation to all people. See, the wicked will fear God's name because of his wrath. But us, the righteous, you, me, we will revere God's name because they, they know or we know and we will see the glory of of the most holy one God's holy arms will perfectly and powerfully reveal God's power to the nation and through it he will bring both judgment and salvation to the entire earth when these nations see the glory of our God many will respond positively by loving God serving him and binding themselves to our Lord and Savior see we cannot live in fear or the things of this world, but we must live in awe and appreciation in obedience and in the love of our God. The world can only affect the natural man, but God can affect the totality of a man based on a man's decisions in this life. Luke 22, 4 and 5 reads, And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. But I, all, but I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him, whereas he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. With all that is going on in our society right now, COVID-19, protesting because of the injustices and unrighteous things that are happening to people of color and multiple people in this country, dealing with the new normals and the unknowns, People start to walk in fear. We start to operate in fear. And because of that, we start to do illogical and unreasonable things that we should not be doing. At this time, we need to realize we cannot be guided by fear. That everything we do should be based on the premise of God. Everything we do should be based on the power and authority of God. We should know who we are in God. So therefore, we're not worried about the person that can hurt us. We're not worried about the disease that can kill us. Because at the end of the day, we know that Jesus is more than all of that. We're going to go today to Numbers chapter 13. And I'm going to talk about this story of Moses. And it's a very interesting story when you start to look at it because it has a very serious aspect when it comes down to fear. Now, if you look at uh, chapter 13, you'll see in the beginning, it automatically starts to rattle off that Moses, by the commandment of God, is going to send people to investigate the land. And in investigating the land, I think between verses uh, 3 and 17, it deals with all the leaders that they're going to send out to a company in order to investigate this land. Right now, what I need you to understand was I was trying to figure out why would they investigate a land that was already promised to them? Well, let's go. Let's find out. If you look at Deuteronomy's 1, 19 and 23, it explains why the, sp why the spies were sent out to investigate the land. It reads. Now, realize if you look at uh, you look at numbers. It just says that they sent them out. The Lord told him to send them out, and they sent them out. 
This is not a contradiction. This is an explanation to why it happened. It says, Then as the Lord our God commanded us, we sent out from Herob and went toward the hill country of the Amorites through all that vast and dreadful desert that you have seen. And we reached Kadesh Barnea. And then I said to you, You have reached the hill country and the Amorites, which the Lord our God has given us. See, the Lord your God has given you the land. Go up, take possession of it as the Lord. For God, for the God of our father told you, do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Then all of you came to me and said, let us send men ahead to spy out the land for us and bring back a report about the route we are to take and the towns we are to come to. The idea seemed good to me, to Moses. So he selected 12 of you and one man from each tribe. See, there could have there could have not been any hesitation. They should have immediately when they got from traveling in chapter 12 and they got to this point, what they should have done is they should have went and possessed the land. It didn't matter what route they took. God had already given them command of the land. But what you'll see here is Moses went on to remind his present audience and, and did them Deuteronomies that their fathers, the previous generations, were not wholly persuaded of the presence and power of God. For they requested of Moses that he send intelligence agents on ahead who could survey the land and bring back a report about proper approach and objective. Why do we need proper approach and objective when we have Jesus? They already had the promise of God to take the land, which was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The land was theirs, but because of their doubt and because of their fear of the unknown, they decided to send folks out to scout land. And sometimes what you do when you do that is you bring back even a bad report or you bring up a report that even starts to mess with your continents. It messes with you and makes you doubt and it brings fear about. See, uh, verse 22, the account in Numbers 30, 13 suggests that it was the Lord who prompted Moses to send out the advance party. This apparently conflicted view of the event by no means by negating to no Moses' recollection of Deuteronomy. For clearly the idea originated with the people, was sanctioned and then ordered by the Lord and implemented by Moses. See, verse 17 to 20 in Numbers it talks about when the spies went out, that Moses gave them an assignment to do when they went out. Here's their assignment. See, the scouts' primary objective was to investigate the land to provide the answers to a series of questions. Moses posed concerning the quality and productivity of the land and the military strength of the inhabitants, which really, to be honest with you, meant nothing. Because if God before you, who can be against you? See, the 40-day journey covered an estimated 350 to 500 miles. The report utilized three verbal concepts. First, so the first part of their report focused on matters relating to the land and its productivity, followed by matters related to the people and their military capabilities. Second, their accounting of the quality of the land was a faithful representation of that which had seen and partaken from the region in which they had been sent. It was indeed an exceptionally fertile land worthy of being described as flowing with milk and honey. But as quickly as they glorified over the produce of the land, they began to grumble about the power of the people of the land. The solemn report turned sour, the wondrous picture turned piteous, and the glorying word become, became gloomy. So let's focus on verse 27 and 30, and then we're going to talk about verse 33. Because in these verses, we will see fear. 
Because we see what happens is Moses collects the men of leadership from each tribe. It names them. And then he sends them out on this assignment. And on this assignment, they're supposed to collect some intel. And they're supposed to come back. And through this, they took about a 40-day journey. And they come back with all this stuff. And this is what happens in verse 27 through 30. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sinneth us. And it surely flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit thereof. Right? It says, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Enoch there. So you got to realize when they came from out of the land, it talks about as they walked through, they walked by this one area, that I think the name of the river, but they named it a certain thing because it talked about the grapes. That they cut this whole vine off the grape, and it took two men to carry it. They talked about they pulled pomegranates, and then they picked figs, and it was just a fruitful place. I mean, everything that had been talked about, had been told about the land, the land possessed. But they forgot. So nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Amnic there. So the Amalekites dwelled in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwelled in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwelled by the sea, and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. So you got to look at the report. In our lives, we face the same type of situations. We could be walking right. God can make some things in our life and declare some things. And we're walking by faith. And then we hear something from the doctor or a person says something to us. And that will shatter our faith and cause us to walk in fear. What I'm telling you today, saints, is you got to be like Caleb. You got to say, let's go possess the land. Let's trust God unconditionally. See, in this, the faithful servant Caleb promptly spoke out against the negative report in the face of the people grumbling. He himself, even though they were grumbling, and it was many of them, he stood up in the midst of this, where he could have been fearful himself, and said, let us go possess that which God has given us. Speaking firmly with a visionary declaration to the Israelite audience, Caleb issued a threefold emphatic challenge. This is his challenge. First, let us indeed go up, as the scouts had done initially. Second, we will possess it as God has promised it. Third, we are certainly capable of it by God's power. Caleb understood that the work that they were doing was not something of themselves. He understood that the thing that they were going to do when it came to possessing the land was based on God's presence with them. But the people lost sight of God. It is so vital today that as children of God, as believers, that we keep our eyes on the Lord. With what's going on in today's society with the violence and with police shooting people and all this other stuff going on. And not all police are bad. Again, I don't want to iterate that. Not all police are bad. Just that little speckle. But that speckle is being highlighted right now and is bringing about a feeling of uncertainty, a feeling of fear. There are mothers that are walking around, white and black, but a lot of the black mothers are walking around worried about their black sons going out in the environment because of the uncertainty if that child will return. What I don't want you to do is walk in fear. We have to trust God, pray over them, pray over the house, pray over everything that they touch and everything that they do and know that God himself is in control. But what we cannot do is live in a fearful state where we start to declare and decree things that do not line up with the will of God. 
We have to have the attitude. We must have the favor of Caleb and speak the truth. We must, and all things we do, envision that thing that God has put in us to envision. Fear. Verse 33. This is sometimes, as believers, this is how we see ourselves. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so were in their sights. They started to see themselves as grasshoppers and these men greater than God. Because somewhere or another along this path from Egypt to this point, they must have thought that they got there on their own. Even though they saw the things that God had done. But somewhere or another they lost sight. I'm telling you now, sit down and meditate in your life and look at the course that you're on now. And realize the reason you are where you are now is because of the grace of God. He stepped and walked with you every step of the way to get to where you are today. You didn't get here by yourself. So when something rises up against you, stop trying to depend on you and depend on the same God that got you to where you are today. See, there are some adverse effects of fear on anyone, but that should not affect believers. Fear can make you think and operate illogically. See, they saw the Israelites, the miracles of God that brought them from freedom out of Egypt. They saw the nine plagues. They watched the Red Sea do what it did. I mean, it parted and they walked on dry ground. There is nothing in them that had the authority or power to part the Red Sea. There was nothing in them that could get them out of slavery from Egypt. They were there for 400 years. If it hadn't been within their own power, they would have been out a long time ago. When they were in the wilderness, they saw that there were provisions. They didn't bring the thing from on high. This was all done through the power of God. It is amazing in the believers' lives. We can watch God do a miracle in our lives today. And then a doctor or someone can say something or do something to us and we can doubt God tomorrow. I rebuke that spirit and I tell you that we need to trust God in all we do. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 is a great scripture. Start with trust the Lord with all the heart. Lean not to thy own understanding, but in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct our path. Stop trusting you. Stop believing in you. Stop listening through your eyes and listen through the eyes of the most and watch and hear through the eyes of the most Lord high God. Number two. Fear can make you doubt God and the promises of God. See, we talked about fear before and what it does to us. It makes you think illogical. It makes you kind of pause. It makes you get off your keel. It, it tosses and turns in places to stop you from doing the things that God has called you to do. See, in this, given a commandment, the, the Israelites were given a commandment to possess the land. The land that was already given to them. It, was, it wasn't that they were going to work for the land or they had to do something for the land. But this was promised back in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that this land was belonging to them. All they had to do is walk. And had they just walked in, they wouldn't even probably have to fought anything. God would have probably just made everybody kill themselves and the land would have been theirs in the beginning. But they started to doubt and fear and they forgot about the promises. See, they saw the beauty and the richness of the land but refused to take possession because of fear. They were talking, the land has huge grapes and it has pomegranates and it has figs and the land has streams and it's, it's a beautiful land. And then they went and said the two words you don't say, but and however. 
but it has this and however it has this when we're dealing with God there's no such thing as a but or however when we're dealing with God it is a yes and amen I'm telling you now do not allow those words to come in your mouth when it comes down to the promises of God number three fear can stop you in your tracks no movement towards God and or your purpose we know that fear is paralyzing it is so classic when you watch the movie and something is going on and a person just freezes and we're thinking don't freeze run away because our first reaction is to freeze or to pause or to hide or to cower down fear stops God's purpose in your life because when you stop moving when you stop doing the things God has called you to do God's purpose is not being utilized or not being enacted and you're not working and walking in the will of God fear can even cause depression it can make you start to doubt and think so much it can make you feel miserable that you just cannot function because you don't know what to do and what to expect and last fear can cause isolation it can make you be by yourself where you cannot get or go anywhere or you withdraw from people or you withdraw from everything because of fear See, fear can cause you to lose or miss the promises of God. It prevents you from walking in the promises of God. And fear, fear can get you out of favor with God. We saw this with Israel. See, if you start to read chapter 14 of Numbers, you'll see what they're murmuring, murmuring and complaining God. They're, they're, they're all this worry and doubt. You can see what it got them in chapter 14. It speaks about the punishment for this fear and lack of faith in God. Everyone under the age of 20 would not enter the promised land, nor would Moses. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years for a journey that should have only taken 11 days. That should tell you that it didn't matter who the enemy was against them. It should have took 11 days to go through and do what they needed to do. 11 days, which means as they, as they put their foot on the land, God would have walked before them and he would have destroyed their enemies. I'm telling you now, instead of you backing up, instead of you hiding in the corner, just take a step towards that enemy and watch God do what he's going to do. See, some of us today are walking and wandering in the wilderness. We're out there just fearful and we're not moving forward and we're stuck in the muck and we're depressed and isolated. And we're trying to figure out how to get out of this. My first thing to you is stop looking at your situation and keep your eyes on the Lord. God is the only true way to get out of that situation. Fear in itself is just what it is. It only can affect you physically, but spiritually it has no power or bound over you. And if we start to look at this thing and come out of the carnal and come into the spiritual, we can be guided by the spirit of the Lord. The scripture says, for God did not give us the spirit of fear. He did not. He did not give us the spirit of cowardness, but of love, power, and the sound mind. Some of us today are walking and wandering in the wilderness, not ordained by God because we're operating in fear. We're forfeiting the promises of God because of fear. See, God has some things out there that is for you. And you're forfeiting those, prof those, those promises right now because you're not walking or moving towards God, what God has put in front of you. You got to sometimes just walk in faith. See, we talk about this faith thing, but a lot of us got to see it to do it. See, faith is just the opposite. It is doing something without seeing it. If you can see it, it doesn't require faith. We got to step out into the unknown and know that God supports us. I love the story of Peter when he stepped out of the boat. He had to have faith to walk towards Christ. When he kept his eyes on the Lord, he stayed walking on water.
But immediately as it took his eyes off the Lord, he started to sink. And many of us sink because of fear. We look at the situation. We know God is all powerful. We've seen the things God has done in our lives. But one thing is said by a doctor. One person does something to us. Uh, we lose our job. This happens or that happens. And immediately we become fearful and we start to doubt our faith in God. And what it does is it causes us to wander in a wilderness where the event or action that we had could have took two days or six months. And sometimes it takes a lifetime. Fear does that to us. See, life journeys that should have taken a number of days or matter of days can turn into a lifelong struggle because of fear and lack of faith in God. What I want you to do today, saints, is this. I always like to recall when things are going on in my life. I like to look at the scriptures. Like, like David says, sometimes you really just have to encourage yourself. You have to tell yourself in spite of what you see that, look, God is greater than all that. See, Romans 8.31 said, if God be for us, then who can be against us? How powerful is that? See, what Israel did not realize or had forgotten was that God was for them and no one could be against them. And if you don't believe that, look in chapter 14 when Moses told them not to go and possess the land after they said, no, no, we sorry. Now we're going to go possess the land. And they tried to go up into the mountains and they were slain because they were walking in disobedience and God had pulled back his hand off of them. So I'm telling us today, just realize when you go through the situations you go through, remind yourself that God, listen, if he be for me, there's no devil in hell that can change it. And it starts to talk about if you read the rest of the scriptures in eight, chapter eight, it starts talking about what can separate you from the love of God. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Why? Because of God before us, who can be against us? Isaiah 54, 17. Listen, right now in this country, there is systematic racism. There's systematic injustices in our justice system. There are systematic injustices inside of our work centers. There are systematic injustices when it comes to male and female. There are all kinds of things that are happening in our society right now, right? But what we cannot do is think that the weapons that they have intended for us is our final conclusion. The conclusion of the matter is we serve the most high and mighty God and that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, that we shall walk as God called us to walk, and we will walk in the blessings that God has declared for us. So we need to have the spirit of I rebuke that and trust in the Lord. John 4 and 4, the end of the chapter, the verse says, because great is he that is within me than he that's in the world. You have to understand that God that's in you. God has put his spirit inside of each and every one of us. That's why we talk about ourselves as the body of Christ and not a brick and mortar building. It is not about religions or what your denomination is. We are the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ is greater that's within us than he that's in the world. When the body of Christ is operating on one accord like the day of Pentecost, we can change the effects, the attitudes and everything that's happening. Not just in our own communities, not in our own cities, not just in our own states, but this entire country and this entire world. Roman 8, 37. I will end this message the way I started it is this for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love and a sound mind. Just keep saying that when you start to come into fearful situations, God didn't give me the spirit of fear, but he gave me power. He gave me his love and he gave me the ability to think wisely. If you can do that and slow this thing down, what happens is when you start to get fearful, everything goes real fast. But if you can just slow it down and quote the scripture and start to en envision 
God did not give me the spirit of fear, but of power. God has empowered me to walk through this thing. Love. God has empowered me to love my way through this. No matter what they say, no matter what they do, I'm going to show God's love. And the sound mind, I'm not going to worry about what I hear. I'm not going to worry about what I see. I'm just going to walk towards God. See, what we need to understand is that we need to reverence and trust God only. And never forget who he is in our lives. See, man can kill the flesh, but cannot affect your eternal salvation. Hope you're blessed by the word today. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just give you the honor and praise, Lord God, for another message, Lord God. We rebuke the attitude of fear that is going throughout this country and throughout this world. We rebuke the attitude and spirit of fear, Lord God, and we overcome it with you. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us power, for giving us your love and your sound mind. Lord, I ask you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, let us all keep our eyes on you, regardless of what we see, regardless of what we hear, and regardless of what we feel. Let this be a spiritual battle that we don't try to fight carnally. Let us keep the spiritual battle in your hands and let us walk with you as you lead us and guide us and direct us. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you're out there today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what a better time than today to commit your life to God. It is very simple. Romans 6 and 23 talks about, for we all have sent for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Listen, we all have sinned, right? We know this, right? It talks about in Romans 6, 23, but also the wages of sin is death. And that is a physical and spiritual death. But if you can just accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, guess what? You will have eternal life with our Lord. See, John 14 and 6 says that Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that no man comes into the Father but through him. See, the way to get to the Father, the way to get to salvation is our trust, dependence, and love for Christ. See, Romans 10, 9, and 10 gives us the formula, which is pretty easy and pretty simple. You don't have to pay for salvation. You don't have to beg for salvation. You don't have to do anything but Romans 10, 9, and 10 says. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has risen from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It says, with the heart man believeth into righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. So today, please do me a favor and bow your heads and repeat after me if you're seeking salvation. Because I'm telling you right now, what a great day, a great opportunity to enter into the presence of the Lord. To become a part of the body of Christ. To serve God and to know that you have eternal security as you live and walk your life out in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, because the requirement is that you walk this lifestyle, that you live a lifestyle that is the way God has called you to live. But that's not something that happens in the beginning. It's a process. So what I wanted to explain to you is sometimes when people talk about salvation, they think that everything's going to change. That probably won't change today. But if you continue to seek God, you continue to learn of God and get around people that know God, boy, you will see a transformation and manifestation in your life that you could have never foresaw. So today, please bow your head and repeat after me. Father, I'm a sinner in need of your saving grace. Forgive me and cleanse me. Lord, I confess that Jesus Christ is your son, that he died on the cross and he rose again, that I might walk in your promises. Today, I ask you that you lead me, God, and you guide me. You direct me as I submit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to do a corporate prayer for any problems or situations anybody's happening out there. And I just want to touch and agree with you. Listen, there's all kinds of things going on right now. But what I need you to do is just have your mind. Slow this stuff down. And when you slow it down, start getting back into your word. Trust your word. Right now, everybody has the tendency to Facebook everything or to look all the stuff up on Facebook and to watch the news. And it starts to either make you fearful or angry. Right. And what we don't want to do is we don't want to operate in either one of these outside the will of God. We want you to do this thing in the right perspective because you got to realize our job is to win souls. Our job is to represent Christ. Our job is to be that strong, that strong voice or that strong attitude, or that strong position that when people come to us, we're not leading them or telling them something skewed about this or that. But we're going to talk about the unadulterated word of Christ. We want to win them in the midst of this. So let's go before the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank and I praise you for you being a healing God. I think and I praise you, Lord God, because we know in you all things are possible. Lord, I rebuke any bad reports anybody received today, Lord God. Anybody that has coronavirus that is listening to this, Lord God, I think and I praise you, Lord God, for their total complete healing, Lord God. I think and I praise you, Lord God, that has any type of disease or anything going on in their body, Lord God. I thank you for the total complete healing that your will be done in their lives. Lord, anybody having depression, anybody having anything in their lives, Lord God, that is causing them to want away or fear, Lord God, I ask you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you remove it and remind them, Lord God, how you have never left them nor forsaken them. Lord, I thank you today for the wonderful and miraculous things that you're doing in each and every one of our lives, Lord God. Continue to touch us, continue to lead us, continue to guide us, Lord God, and let your presence be known in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And for anybody that would like to uh, uh, actually give an offering or a uh, give tithes today, uh, if you want to help the ministry in any way, please visit our website at www.wotm.net. We just thank God for you today, and we appreciate everything that you're doing. We appreciate you tuning in today. And like always, I love at uh, Word of Truth Ministry, I just want to invite my beautiful queen, my beautiful queen up here. And she go, oh, look, y'all like her shirt? Do y'all like her hair? Oh, don't it, it look pretty? Yeah, I got my hair done. God, it looks good. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> it do look good. <laughs> she look, she looks scrumptious. So, baby, you got something to say? Yes, I want to say we love you guys. And just a couple of reminders. Every Monday, the Word of Truth Ministry, we fast for peace, love, and unity mm -hmm. and all the injustices in the nation. Amen. Amen. So join us from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. However, God leads you. And last, I would like to encourage all the women to join us on Saturday, June 27th for Women, women of Standard. Standard. And our topic is <laughs> Fasted, Pray, now what? Now what? Come prepared to be blessed. Amen. I like that topic. We might do the same thing. Come men fasting and pray. Now what? We put a little bass in that thing so we can change the way men are operating, walking around. Well, maybe not. Anyway, um, what we're going to do is like we always do here. We just thank yes. God for you guys coming. Me and my beautiful wife, our family and the Word of Truth ministry family. Thank God for you watching this today. Amen. I pray that you were blessed by it. I pray that it actually helped you in some sort of way what's going on in your life. But like we always say here, please, please, please stay encouraged. Regardless of what you see, regardless of what the news is reporting, regardless of all the stuff, stay encouraged. Be obedient, but stay, stay encouraged. And lastly, I need to make sure that everything that you do encourages others with your life. God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you on Wednesday night. God bless you. Amen. Amen.